that is a achy yawn of a an old man. That is. Well, as long as you know who you are and what you are. Hey, I'm proud of who I am, what I am, what I do, and all these other things and all that. But you know, yes, yes, you got to do these and you got to stretch and all these things. But hey, man, you've got you uh, you've uh, scrapped the beanie on your mic. This high tech beanie that we've been using, you've gone for something different. Can you care to tell the viewers and everyone and me what you've uh, what you've gone for there? I have my long johns from when I went to ski season instead of the beanie because the beanie was making me quite muffled. However, as we both know, if you um, if you go uh, without any sort of cover, uh, it will become sibilance, as in like it will become quite unbearable. And on top of that, the peas will become um, quite quite big, quite big, big in the game. You know, so you got to work with what you got to work with. And until I get myself a proper podcast in Microni on like season two, that's fine. Um, <laughs> this will have to do. There we go then. See, inventive, innovative. You Same lead the thing. trend, lead the way. You know, we probably should invest in some gear, but just a pop shield. They're not that. They're not that dear. You can get them really, really cheap. But um, yes, should, are we in season two? Do you want to? We haven't really oh, spoken know. about, have we? We could do because we. Every time we uh, do the episodes, we kind of group them in blocks of 10. So at least we know 10 episodes ahead. Okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And we're going to aim and strive to get better at things like that and be a bit more active on social media. So like, if we know the albums we're doing closer to the, uh, not closer, but as early as possible, gives us a chance to kind of listen to each other's album suggestions, uh, suggestions. If I've got to, like, if I've really got to, I will. There you go. There you go. Um, So we could do every 10 episodes is a season. So we could say season two right now. How are you feeling about that? Uh, For me, it's about the content and not about how it's labeled. There's always, there's always one in there. Yep. Oh, don't don't label me. Oh, I'm just a podcast. I'm I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy who lives in a house. Oh, yeah, but I I am. Call me what I am. Actually, don't. There are children. It's a it's a family show. All right. This is a family show. That's very very true. Um, welcome, welcome everybody. Fifty Ways Podcast. It's great to be back. It's great to be here. I'm looking around my room. It's pretty bad, to be honest with you. I'll tell you why. It's because I did my first gig in over, what, 16, 17 months? You're oh, right. Mez. Oh, Mez, it was glorious. It was glorious, my friend. It felt like I was back at the helm being a pro muso again. Any so, stories to share from that fateful night? No, that was it. That was all I carried the rest about. Nah, of course. Um, so it was a duo gig. So we were playing in this place called The Botanist, which we've played in before. And this is usually um, it's us two and a singer of our function band. And this one was just a duo. And we had learnt loads of new, new songs beforehand. So just a covers gig. Um, it's kind of like a bonus. is really hard to like. I was trying to explain it to someone today. It's not a restaurant. And it's not a it's not like a bar. It's a weird hybrid of the two. You know what I'm trying to say with that? What I gain from it is it's basically a cocktail bar that does food. There you go. See, you're the man with the words. I'm the man with uh, 
the Zoom account, I guess. So, yeah. Something, yeah, we'll think about it. Something like that. But yeah, so turned up, it's all good, sat down, had my new um, Podgo wireless, because um, I was playing electric guitar and I really wanted to test it out. Got a nice clean Strat sound, um, got some other effects going on, I was like, this sounds good, I'm hyped. Um, got some new songs down, so it's really nice to um, have a big mix between like, okay, some of the easy ones that we played for years, I always call them the crusty ones, um, so there's no like worry there anxiousness and then some of the new ones give yourself a little bit of a kind of make you feel alive boy um but yeah it was great it felt great it was like being back home again without without further ado i am going to mention talk about who i picked first is there anything else you'd like to say before i do that well i'll tell you what you just get stuck into it because I always Love have that. my little kind of dialogue of what I want to say beforehand, set the scene maybe, too many albums, you know, what it is about Earth, about whatever. But I'm going to put it in the middle. I want you to go straight in. Who have you picked? What are we talking about? Mez, go for it. Okay. Without further ado, we shall talk about who I've picked today. Today uh, was actually kind of Marv's decision more so than myself. Originally, I was going to look at the Beach Boys, because as we discussed a podcast a couple of podcasts ago, um, the album I was looking at was released in the 70s, and it was album 22. Um, and I was absolutely amazed. But no, Marv made what I find to be not a better suggestion, just a nice sort of different, because we've already talked about the Beach Boys. We've already done that. We... We should keep moving on, new subjects, new artists. Yes. So for today, I have picked up on a guitarist. Shock horror. Now, the guitarist's real name is a guy called Brian Carroll. Now, not everyone might be familiar with the name Brian Carroll, but I guarantee you more people will be familiar with the name Buckethead. So, Buckethead. What do you know about Buckethead, Marv? I know that Buckethead was in Guns N' Roses in what I would deem their, not even their inactive period, but they're just kind of a lost years, yep. where it's just Axl Rose and company. And he seemed more than capable of doing the job, but it did seem a weird fit. And then yep. I know him from a YouTube video where I think it was either something like, it was like one finger and then he'd go two fingers, and it'd be three, and then it'd be four. Or it was, or oh, it was yeah. something like weird objects. Yeah, I It was like a one. guitar world interview or something. So, like, that was really interesting. And I was like, this guy's weird, and this is strange. I, I don't get it. I can't interpret it. Um, that was my knowledge of it. And I probably heard a few songs here and there. And I think I watched a few, maybe, interviews by his bandmates. Um, yeah. Until, yeah. obviously, we did this, and I've, and I've listened to way more. But we'll yeah. wait for that. We'll wait for that. So, Buckethead is a six foot four guitarist. He's a big guy. Now, he is called Buckethead because he is famed for wearing a mask and a KFC bucket on his head, um, which I will tell you the story for shortly. Lovely. So, this guy, as many people will actually know him for, has 317 releases. 
Now, I was reading a lot about him, and the same phrase kept coming up, the Pike series. And I was like, what, what does that mean? So, basically, the Pike series is albums. It's studio albums. Um, that's what he calls his uh, albums, Pikes. Um, they are numbered like comic books. And every single one has a unique artwork by Buckethead. So, out of the 317 releases, 286 of them are pikes or albums. So, let's think about that for a minute. 286. That is ridiculous. May I add? Yeah, may I add this guy is 52. In the 52 years he has been alive, he has recorded and released... 286 albums. I don't know how you do that. Um, But anyway, I'll give you some background. I'll give you some stories. I'll give you what I think of him. I'll recommend you an album or two. Nice. My first thought was 317 releases. What? Like, how do I navigate this? This is absolutely insane. Um, now, if you know about Buckethead, you know he can play. Now, when I say play, I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy can play. He is one of the fastest shred guitarists I have ever heard. Ever. He is incredibly in- innovative in the styles he plays. He is a very, very, very gifted bassist. Um, he can slap really, really well, like super well. Uh, like Les Claypool level of well. Maybe not quite that good because Les is just an alien. But despite being so incredibly fast, a lot of his Pikes albums contain some of the loveliest easy listening instrumental music I have ever heard. So not only is he able to like play at stupid speeds, and really make it work, and use all these different modes and techniques and sound effects. He really has a thing for um, kill switches. Uh, So for our listeners who aren't aware, kill switches basically cut the sound of the guitar completely. Uh, Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine is very famous for using these, and it gives a, a certain sort of effect or sound. Now, there is a song, I think my favorite song of his, I can't remember the name, it's off of his newest release, and it there's just loads and loads of delay, like, like too much delay, but he makes it work. It sounds absolutely incredible. It's amazing. Actually, no, I don't think it is off his latest album. I do believe it's in his top five on Spotify. I do believe it's Big Sur Moon. Big Sir Moon. Incredible. That's a really, really, really nice track, isn't it? It is, it, isn't it? It, it? The thing that fascinated me when I was dipping into his uh, songs was the my pre, my assumption that is like, okay, this is just going to be shred technical yeah. display of how good he is. But the fact that then it kind of got, it got matched up with like this beauty yeah. I would n- never have expected. And it just somehow worked. It's that like 
delay on the guitar that when you play so fast or so much that it just creates a big ambience, doesn't it? Yes. It makes it more than one part, yeah. Absolutely. And this is what I find with a lot of his stuff. Um, it is simple. A lot of the instrumental sort of breaks with the clean guitar, even with the delays and stuff. It is simple. But because of how gifted he is as a musician, it's it's amazing. It sounds absolutely out of this world. And especially with Big Sur Moon, that is an... That is, I think, probably my favourite Buckethead track. It's amazing. It's so, so good. Um, yeah, so he's known for the Guns N' Roses fame. You're absolutely right, Marv. Um, he has writing credits on the Chinese Democracy album, which is the one that... So weirdly, it was released after he left Guns N' Roses. He left in 2004... Chinese Democracy was released in 2008. Now, I own that album. I don't know if you've ever listened to any of it. I've listened to it, yeah. Again, Jesus Christ, like this dude can play. There's a lot of mystery surrounding him. There's a YouTube video which I've sent to you. And it encompasses as much as possible on Buckethead. But unfortunately it's not even really going into that much depth because there isn't really a lot to know about him. Um, the thing that I find very interesting, and again, I'll mention this shortly, is there's, if you go on Google Images and type in Buckethead Unmasked, there's loads of pictures of a guy that looks like could be Buckethead. But it ain't. But we'll get to that. Anyway. So yes, he's a big dude. He was born on May the 13th, 1969, to his parents, Tom and Nancy, who he he adored. Um, a lot of his songs are like, I love my parents, washing the boats with my dad, dedicated to auntie, whatever. He had a, he, he seemed to have a real affinity for family. Um but with the with the mask and everything and the bucket that you you almost think like there's something there's something wrong there, but there isn't. And we'll get to the mask and the bucket. So he grew up in Southern California near Disneyland. I love how they mentioned that. That's amazing. Um, in his youth, he was a complete introvert, which I believe to the full extent. There is no way someone can get that good at guitar without having no friends. <laughs> yeah, um, it definitely helps, I guess. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, he spent most of his time in his room with books, games, martial arts, movie memorabilia, and toys. Uh, and he also spent a lot of time at Disneyland. I adore that. I absolutely love that. Because why wouldn't you? It's it's next door. Where are you going today? It's on today? your doorstep. Literally. Where are you going today, Brian? Oh, I just thought I'd go and hit up Mickey Mouse and Donald and see what they were up to. I'd be all over that. Even as a 27-year-old man, I would be all over that. Hashtag get merit to Disneyland. That's what I'm hearing. It, it sounds like a US tour because last week I was going to beat up Charles Kranger. Which I've been, I've been getting messages yeah, from people so saying, I, you know, when's the fight? When can I stream the fight? So Yeah, it's good. I, I think we should make this happen, folks. So, yes, he began playing guitar at the age of 12. Um, he learned to play from from an elderly neighbor. And he's quoted as saying, however, he became serious a year later after he moved from um, 
from California to Claremont. Um, his playing improved with lessons from various teachers at a local music store. Now, there's a couple of names I don't recognize, and there's one name I definitely recognize. Paul Gilbert. Again, I believe it. Um, but he played a tribute to all of his early teachers as the Delhi Creeps, which was the name of his original band. The Delhi Creeps. Uh, they played a show at Styles Music's 25th anniversary, and he then began making demo recordings of both his playing as well as his writing styles, which would later be released in 2007 to 2008. So, the whole bucket and the mask. It came to light when Brian Carroll saw the 1988 horror movie. It's one of my favorites. It's Halloween. Again, very believable. When you see the mask, think of Mike Myers in Halloween. Um, and he was inspired by it, basically. He went right. He went out right after seeing it, bought a mask like it, and the bucket idea came later that night while he was eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he me? Oh, Lord. Uh, in his own words, I was eating it, and I put the mask on, and then the bucket on my head. I went to the mirror. I just said, Buckethead. That's Buckethead right there. It was just one of those things. After that, I wanted to be that thing all the time. So this is obviously a persona. Um, I think he probably has a couple. Because there was a, um, as I'm sure you saw from the video, which I've, we can link, can't we? We can link that in the... We'll put, we'll yeah, put yeah. it down below, don't you worry. There's a lot of good information. I am just scratching the surface here. And obviously giving you my opinion. Um, there's an interview with Ozzy Osbourne from, I believe it was Revolver magazine some years ago, where he employed Buckethead, and he walked in, and he was like, Jesus, this guy can play, but, like, what? <laughs> what, what <laughs> what's your name? What do you do? Um, no, he said, like, what's your name? And he said, Buckethead. And he went, I'm, I'm not calling you that. What's your name? And he said, Brian. And he said, okay, I'll call you Brian. And that was when he said, but only my mother calls me Brian. He then said, take the bucket and mask off. Ozzy left, came back. He's in this, like, green alien mask. <laughs> um, but I love the fact that Ozzy was like, what's going on? But also, this guy can play. Um, and thinking about the guitarists that Ozzy has worked with in the past, it would totally make sense for Buckethead to fit into that next, like, thing. Um, because Ozzy is known for working with innovators, with inspirational, incredible musicians. Um, so for Buckethead to be a part of that list completely makes sense. He's like Michael Jackson in terms of picking great guitar players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He just seems to have an affinity with it. He knows who's good, um, but he, he still maintains to this day he didn't pick me because I'm too good. Um, so, you know. But yes, yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. So I've given you a bit of backstory. Um, I know you have listened to some music of his, Marv. What is your, what is your overall thoughts on what you've heard so far? And what so have what you, I've... sorry, what have you listened to? Okay, so I'll give you a rundown of the songs. I went on to This Is Buckethead Spotify because much like my pick, 
Yeah. Um, and like you said, where do you even start? This yeah. is not something that you can just kind of skim read, skin listen to, and just, no. you know, peruse and maybe just get some of the hits or whatnot. It's just like, I, I, there's too much ground to cover here. So it really is. This is, this is Buckethead. Went on that. Really good playlist. And I liked Antenna. I liked Botness, but I liked the mellow breakdown of it. Um, I love my parents. Big D's Touch, Whitewash, For Mum, which I put Die of a Madman Rip. Yeah. It was it like really he heard is, Die of a Madman, yeah. just like, I'm just going to do this, whatever, who cares? No, you know, buried underneath so many albums. Night of the Slunk, Coma, Big Sir Moon, massive fan of, We Are One, Angel Monster. And I also liked Toy Star, Toy Store. Yeah. Because it had loads of different guitar techniques and tones, especially that kind of throaty wah sound. And then it was like yeah, it's classical finger picked. It's really strange because obviously as a guitar player, you kind of go, okay, you switch to that pickup. Oh, he's put the wah on. Okay. Yeah. This, he's put this effect and this effect. That makes sense. But to someone who doesn't know that, it must sound very fascinating that like all of these must, different yeah. sounds. Yeah. It's just, I was pleasantly surprised. I was expecting some sort of, Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, copycat music where I wasn't necessarily thrilled. You know, it wasn't, it isn't my favorite music to listen to, but I actually was like, you know what? It's it almost in a way is a little bit different. I want to hear more of it. Even, and just the mellower stuff. I yeah. was really attracted to all the mellower stuff. So I'm, I want to hear more, but I don't know where to start. Yeah. So I quite agree with you. He has an eclectic style in terms of writing. Um, there's so much there. If I was to recommend anything, Big Sur Moon is definitely on top of that list. Obviously, if, if you listen to Spotify, just to scratch the surface, this is Buckethead. That is a great playlist. But quite frankly, today, I'm going re- to recommend his latest release, his latest pike, which is called Healing Inside, Outside, Every Side. Now, this is quite a non-committal album because what you'll notice immediately is there are six songs on it. Not many at all. In fact, I think it only lasts for... It'll get there in a minute. Yeah, it's half an hour long. Wow. Um, There's a couple of tunes on there that are about eight minutes long. Uh, There are a couple of um, sections in some of the songs that are... Pretty much the same thing, just kind of going around and around and around. But it's lovely. It's so um, relaxing. It's blissful. It's just very emotional in a lot of ways. It's very evocative of, like, sad feeling, but then, like, euphoric. Um, And despite the fact it's very simple, it's not flat at all. Well, no, flat's not the right word. It does maintain the same dynamic range, more or less. Um, It's a very similar thing throughout. It's not the eclectic bucket head that you're expecting. Um, But it's lovely. It's just so nice. It's chock full of musical harmony, melody, goodness. And that was released last year. Um, So given that he's done 286 albums normally... I'd be interested to know how many more albums are coming out of lockdown. But yes, no, I'd recommend that. So yes, 
as we've already briefly touched upon, a lot of the music I've heard of his tends to include complex arrangements with sound effects. Uh, quite a few different instruments, some very complex and fast guitar work. As much as we've said, it's not just... It's, it's not just him crowbarring as many notes into the bar as possible. Those sections do exist. Um, but no, I was surprised as well because I was expecting the same thing. But there, there's an air of the unusual about him and his playing. Um, his song names... Make me made me laugh at some points. Um, want some slaw? <laughs> That's quite good. And uh, onions unleashed. Mate, you wait. You wait till I've unleashed my song titles onto you. Oh yeah, it's coming, baby. <laughs> uh, but b- despite being a little strange at times, I never found myself bored or not enjoying the music. Um, it's there's there's always content, you know, and it's good. It's really nice. It's different. It's fresh. And there's 286 albums worth. So it's not like you're going to run out anytime soon. Um, but yeah, on top of that, he's worked with a lot of different artists. We've talked about Guns N' Roses. Uh, on the album Giant Robot, which is the first one Spotify lists, but I don't think it's his first album. I think it's maybe his second. I might be wrong. Um, on that album alone, we've got Iggy Pop and Bootsy Collins. If that's not two separate ends of the spectrum, I don't know what is. Just all, I can't even imagine all three of them in a room together. No, no. What a weird one. But again, that album is, is interesting. It's, it's not, it's not the most favorite of all the music I've ever listened to, but it's interesting. It, you, you really can take a lot from it. Um, and of course, not forgetting Guns and Roses, which is probably the most notable, I would imagine. Yeah. Anyway, of course. So, so um, now I've said how much I love this guy because I do. He seems great. Um, I'm going to talk about an issue I found, and it is the most glaringly obvious issue, and that is where the hell do I start with this? Where do I start? Where do, where do I begin? And it's so easy to say at the beginning. It is impossible to listen to 286 albums in a week. And I'm not saying I've tried it because I haven't. Um, it, it, I kind of got overwhelmed by the amount of content he has. Because there's so much. You don't want to, like, imagine if he had a lull in the 90s. And all of his music was kind of the same, but he was going through that phase, you know? Maybe he didn't want to make music that was listenable or something like that. And I listened to that and went, this is crap. Hate it. He's rubbish. And I knew, imagine I knew nothing about Buckethead, and that, that's now my view of Buckethead, that album. That is an issue I can see. That is an issue I can see. But what I listened to, I, I enjoyed, obviously. Now, even for older fans of his, it must be difficult to remember all of the stuff he's ever done. Now, obviously, me and Marv being music nerds, there are still points where I go, oh, Marv, you know that tune? And you'll go, yeah, sort of. Can you remember what it's called? No, not really. And that's off of artists that have five albums. (laughs) Yeah. 
286, like, what What am I going to do? I'm going to have to get a reference book. Yeah. Like, um, I, I think it's like library stuff, isn't it? It's just like, it's in yeah. row A, yeah, yeah, yeah. subsection B, 257.F4. Literally. Literally. Line this, word this, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It must be hard. Imagine being at a Buckethead gig being like, what's your favorite album? Well, I love album number 118. Oh, what's that got on it? Let me just get my book out. That is, you a, know what I mean. Uh, you've you've nailed that there. How yeah. do you come up with the set list when you've got? Is it yeah. nearly three hundred albums to your 286. name? Two hundred eighty-six. How do you even pick a set list? There you go. How do you? How do you bucket head? How do you please? How do you please all of your fans that there's going to be a weird subsection of people that have listened to every single thing you've done. Pe- yeah. People that have only listened to a certain amount people that have listened to n- not much maybe yeah. like the singles if that it's gonna be so hard to please them so of hard is. of course it is um it, it it must be and he i mean i can't imagine he does from what i've seen of him he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy that's gonna sort of double double think himself you know just like ah, oh, screw it yeah i'll do that um and i like that he doesn't take himself too seriously at all from what we know of him anyway. Um, yeah, I got overwhelmed. I listened to what I could. But with that in mind, how do you remember all of the stuff you've ever produced at that point? I mean, it, it it's a weird one. I think, especially when you make your own music, yes. your reference point is different to when you're trying to remember music you've listened to by other people. Of course, it's, yeah. it's really strange. I trying to think now like just with songs that i've done on two albums it's you just have a different it's a different kind of process in your brain because you're either thinking because you know how the sausage is made basically yes yes vegan sausages are available meat-free sausages are available vegetarian sausages are available gluten-free um you know what went into it so maybe your memory would be like looking at a pedal board or playing press pressing the space bar or something or a certain guitar part that you were struggling with or a certain feeling that you got from that because you were there you're seeing it from a point of view rather than if i think of something like let's have a think if i think of something like oh well by fleetwood mac which i adore that song i adore that band yeah the thought that the first thought that i get is seeing it on guitar heroes at the bbc yeah. Because it was the first thing we ever recorded on these like HDD players, which nice. basically like a hard disk drives. And that was the first thing that I'd ever recorded. So that is my memory of that. I remember what the screen looked like. I remember the remote. And also that was the same time I learned about Little Feet and Lowell George and oh my amazing, great band. So that's my memory. So it's more of like a a different logical process rather than if I think about a render or I think about Sayorsa or Fabric Moon, you know, songs that I've written, completely different. I'm there, yeah. I'm, I'm watching myself play the guitar and those feelings that I get, I'm thinking more about feelings. So he was, yeah, what you're maybe saying that's is, what Buckethead would do. Yeah, potentially. Sorry to cut you up. What you're, what you're saying is you associate um, times, like emotions and memories more so with music that you enjoy and you listen to to sort of nourish yourself 
than music that you've produced. You, you've, you've got a different sort of process in your head for keeping that. I like that. That's very cool, actually. Um, it's almost like I know quite a few musicians who see songs in colour. So that song's a red song. That one's a sort of mauve, you know what I mean? That sort of thing. That's really cool. I love that. Mauve? Because that's fancy. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, I've never thought of music like that. If anything, um, it's always been the sound of it, you know, the general sort of production, the way the way the sound's put together. Um, no, that's really cool. That is a really cool way of thinking of music, Marv. I commend you, good sir. I'm a bloody um, cool guy, that's why. Get <laughs> to know me, yeah? I wouldn't go that far, mate, but... Uh, yes. So, if someone was new to his music... It would literally take years to listen to all of his work unless that's all they were doing. Just listening to his music. But I'll tell you what, from what I've heard, I want to listen to it all. I want to. Because it just sounds, it's so different. It's so fresh. You know, it's, it, there are points where it's, it's hard to even date. You know, it's hard to even date because it's, it's got such a different sort of sound and feel to it. I, I mean, yeah, this takes me on to my next point. Why so many releases? Why so many? Is this a question for me? You can answer it if you want. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll go into my uh, notes. I'll try and have a find of them, but let's have a look. Well, nope, that's not in there. Oh, oh, he's I have, I have questions for Mez. I have questions for Mez, but I need to find it. So, all your patrons, you're, you're loving this content. You're loving it. You know what I'm saying? Just watch it, watch it be, watch it be smoke, <laughs> and listening to Marv going, "Oh, I've nearly got it." Uh, okay, okay, so. I would say let's put ourselves in the position that from the age we are now, which is 31 and 27 respectively, that we put out one 12-track album every year until the age of 80. I say 80. So that's 49 for me and 53 for you, albums that we can make. We can use up all of those 12 months um, to write as many songs as we like and tweak mixes to our heart's content. Um, it's definitely feasible. When you think of it that yeah, way, you think one album of 12 songs, you could do a song a month and you think that's definitely, definitely doable. Um, you know, compared to Buckethead, who did about 40 albums in one year. And my guy who did, I think, 347 albums in one year. Good but God. We will get to that. Um, so I guess to answer your question before I give you questions, if you love music and are passionate about music and that's what you want to do and you want to leave a legacy behind and you have inspiration and you feel like your creativity is there constantly and you can write things and you're happy to release them and get them out there. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? The overarching theme might be that, you know, the stigma for me, the stereotype that I would see, you know, Buckethead and the other artists I'm going to do or people that have, you know, even hundreds of albums out 
might reek a little bit of like you're just putting out anything you like and you're not really regard you don't really care of the quality it's just it might get to a point where like well you're a bucket head anyone's gonna buy whatever you're gonna do so just play one note really really fast and put loads of delay and stuff put that out how's that good but music is subjective and if bucket has was to play one note for three minutes long he could probably make that musical and he could probably make it inventive and make it put the bucket head touch on it. In fact, Definitely. there might, and there might be a song on one of those albums that has that. It's yep. almost like you're constantly, he's giving you everything you can. So it, it is almost like a, a thing you put in the background for your life and you dip in and out and you take and you take and you take knowing that really you're never, ever going to run out of that. So I guess the safety net is there. But also it's daunting because um, for me, when I get into album, I get into bands and artists, I used to get the greatest hits and then I'd work around that. Uh, now I like to start from the beginning and go all the way up unless I'm yeah. told, unless I'm told not to. If I'm told skip the first record because it's terrible, like production bad or whatever, come back to it when you need to. Or someone says, you know, don't listen to this album from 2004. Like it's only a purist one this 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 is what it is um but you know this would be my question to you so going on about making an album every year 12 songs till we're 80 merit so you've got 53 albums to make so what would be your strategy for making an album a year how would you split up the different tasks across those 12 months and how do you think you would grow and change as an artist if you did this if you then knew that you're going to have 53 albums out by the time you're 80, uh, 10 by the time you're 37. Well, it's, it's an interesting thought and it's an interesting point. Um, when I write, I don't tend to sit down and say, okay, these are the chords I want. This is the sound I want. Um, and I'm going to make it happen. Um, with me writing just kind of happens. Um, I'll be sat playing guitar, and I, you know, it will. Something will happen. A chord progression, a lead line I really like. Um, I'll be checking out a new scale that I love the sound of, and I'll think, okay, that sounds good. What if I put that note there? What if I make that last longer? And all these possibilities will suddenly—it's like little explosions in my brain, like this and this and i could do this and i could do this and you know what i mean because then you then you get down like an initial demo for later you to listen to you make notes and you feel buzzed that's what writing is for me um it's not this facet of oh rich and famous and 600 cars and millions in the bank it is just the fact of how wonderful would it be if i i could just do this and do that and then suddenly i find out i can and it's what has driven me for a very long time so i mean something else i often think about and this isn't a thing of like what will people think oh my god i don't care about that this is a thing of it'll annoy me um i like to distance myself from uh the other tracks i've i've written if so i mean so not distance in terms of I hate that, but in distance in terms of um, I've written that. I don't want, unless I'm doing like a part one, part two type deal, 
I don't want to. I don't really want to replicate that again. Obviously, they're they're going to have a similar sort of sound because they're written by me. They're written by the same person. Um, but my process for that, yeah, um, I just write as it comes. Really, is there? I don't tend to rush myself when it's only myself I'm relying on. So I'll be happy with something. I'll extend that idea. I'll put a bit of a bit of sheen on it. I'll add bass. I'll add a backbeat. I'll think about effects last, and then I'll have the whole more or less demo done. I'll put it to the side, and then later on, when I feel like it, I'll have a look. If I don't feel like it, I'll try and work on something else. Um, but yeah, it's that would be my process. Very similar to what it is now, really. Just sort of take my time with it. Don't rush myself, because if you rush yourself, I it I just don't come out with stuff I enjoy, you know? Um but yeah, that's that kind of be my process. Just take my time with it, but be aware that I want to out by this time. Um, currently, like I'm doing with my my debut album, which I'm still working on. Nobody judge me. I have a lot of things happening at the moment. Um, so yeah, I'm just. It's just a case of take take your time, be happy with it, because if I put it out and I don't like it, it's going to annoy me for the rest of time. So there's absolutely no point in rushing. Uh, something that a lecturer said, I think I mentioned this before, there's so much time. Everyone's in such a rush that they end up putting out music that not leaves a lot to be desired as such, but it, um, they could have done more with it, if you so what I mean. You know? That's kind of my thought. That would be kind of my process. Okay, so relatively would stay the same. Uh, that's like the Ace Freely approach is what I would call that. Okay. Um, where he's like, I'm, I'll am i live my life and do nothing for nine, ten days, and then suddenly yeah. I'll write four songs on the weekend. Yeah. Whereas he said that Gene Simmons writes a song every day. He sits down and forces himself to write a song every single day. Which can both valid. Yeah. Yeah, they're both valid. Yeah. Both, both processes are absolutely to be respected because... Obviously, it works. Obviously, it works. Um, I think I, if I had to guess with you, I think you'd be more in the ilk of uh, not force yourself to write, but you, you're, you're very motivated. You're very motivated to sit down and, we'll get this done, I'll get this done, get that done, sort that out, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And, um, and you're, you're just getting it done. A classic sound. A classic sound. So... Yeah, so the, so I'll give you a little thing here. So the songs for Blank Tales, which was my debut record, which I put out in July 2020, um, it took me 14 days to write the music for it. So what I would do is I would, my routine was to work out, then I'd go for a shower, and then I'd start work on the album. So I'd start work on one of the songs. So between me finishing my workout and then sitting down to write, I would have already had some sort of music in my head, like a piano part, a guitar part, maybe a rhythm yeah. in my head. Yeah. And what would happen is I would go, right, I need to have a shower now and get this done. So I'd have to continually keep playing it in my head over and over and over and over and over again. Um, you know, get my clothes on, do it, sit down, set everything up, switch everything on. And then it was like, right, go to the piano. So I remember four, I believe it might have been Infidel Skies, which is the first track. I had that piano riff pop in my head and I was like, okay. And you have this weird thing where, right, you need to find out what the key is. I need to find out what the notes are and what the chords are, but you need to make sure that you're not 
then listening to what you're actually playing and then you forget the original idea and you get this weird amalgamation of the two which isn't the thing that you originally wanted so it's a really really weird game you've got to like sneak up on the id you've got to sneak up on the p on the keyboard eventually i got it and that was really nice and especially for this album with all these songs i wanted to have all of the sections at least write all of the sections if i wasn't happy with the bridge three weeks later it didn't matter as long as it, on that idea, if I'm sat down writing that song, I'll write out all the parts. I'll just go for everything, get it done there in that form. And like you've done, I'll then put it away for a bit. So I wrote all those songs, I think it took me 14 days to write all 12 of them. Um, and then I think I left it a good couple of weeks. And then when I came back to the demos, because I'd only really picked up production as well, uh, I think March or April time and july it came out so i think i've been working on them about it might have been april actually i started working on them um then it's more fresh i can go oh oh wow that mix okay that's a bit bad or yeah that bridge doesn't work or okay that definitely needs that guitar part so i was more productive in that sense um so really that was quite eye-opening for me i'd never really done that before and again i've been in projects with other people and my thing that always used to bug me and that seems to be a pattern or seemed to used to be a pattern was you'd write loads of stuff. It would sound really good. And you go, cool, let's do this. Let's get ready to gig. Let's get ready to gig. And you'd get there and you'd get there and then nothing would happen. I've been in these bands all my time in BIM and through uni and outside of uni, even up to recently, you have all these songs and it's just nothing. And that was very frustrating for me because that has to be how it is. If you're relying on other people, you have to have some sort of responsibility. You can't override and say, I want this done this way, get everything done. You need to be amicable with people. Um, but yeah, I just, I dread to think of the, all the songs that I've written with people and in bands and projects that are just now floating around, not doing anything. And I just listen to the demos and think, what could it be, eh? So that's why I think, that's why I think I was so, um motivated and committed now to being like right i'll just i'll purely put all the responsibility on me i'll write i'll get it done let's get it sorted out and that was so cathartic and nice getting that first album out and then i got my second one out so for the hypothetical question i am actually on track i took out one one when i was 30 and then one when I was 31, 2020, 2021. So there you go. I can chill for the rest of the year. I'll get my next one out in 2022, man. So there nice. you go. <laughs> no, that's cool, mate. That is cool because it, yeah, it's all, it's a very personal process. And that's, that's what I enjoy about it. The process, you know, it's, um, I'm not a big producer. I am not, um, I'm not very clued up with DAW's software. Um, I think the thing that has um, really helped me more so than anything else is being aware of my gear, you know, being knowing how I can use my gear. Um, and that is that's always going to set you set you free in a lot of ways. Uh, a patron we have called Ollie Kant will be able to corroborate with that story. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, my thoughts um, on so many releases. I completely agree with everything you said, Marv. There is that potential idea of throwing enough shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. However, we both heard 
what Buckethead is capable of. And I don't think that's the case. Um, I think he's all in with the music, to be honest. I think that's what it is. He just wants to get it out. He just wants to get it out, get it done, let people listen to it. As we've said before, it's now theirs. So it's not even his music anymore. Um, but to me, this coupled with the lack of known things, the mystery that surrounds him, that would make a lot of sense. There's no, as far as I've seen, there's no marketing gimmicks. There's no huge, like, million-dollar promotion. It's just music and a guy in a mask with a bucket on his head shredding balls. You know, that's all it is. And I adore the simplicity of it because if I was in that position, I'd be the same. You know, I wouldn't want uh, large, I wouldn't want huge build-ups to my albums. It'd just be like, there's another, yep, enjoy it. In interviews, what what did you do on this album? I'll tell you exactly what I did. This, that's it. Um, I love it. I love the simplicity. I, I love the simplicity. It's It's so... Um, as I said, it's such a breath of fresh air. Uh, and the video that we're going to link also makes a point of um, in the world we're now living in and the society that now controls our lives, um, so much so much is controlled and so many people are famous due to what they look like, due to how they go about their day-to-day life. I know, ne- I know neither of these things about Buckethead, and I still appreciate his music. Um, and I think that basically, you know, we can take quite a bit from that, you know? There's photos online, appearing online, with numerous relative guitarists, but it's not him. It's a guy that looks like it could be him. It's a guy called Stefan Alau. Uh, who's a guitarist from France, and it got so bad at one point with people emailing him going, are you Buckethead? Are you Buckethead? He literally just put up a thing like, yeah, screw it, I'm Buckethead, all right? (laughs) Uh, And then later on, he put up another thing saying, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm also Bumblefoot. (laughs) Good market. (laughs) He's also another incredible guitarist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He um, He is a complete mystery. And I love that he's a complete mystery. Mm. And as I said, go and check him out. Listen to him on Spotify or whatever it is you're on. Just pick up a well-known playlist. Listen to his most well-known tunes and go from there. I'm not telling you to go and listen to all 287 albums, but having said that, if you want to, knock yourself out. Um, It's there. It's there for the taking. And it's funny in itself that there's no marketing that that's a market employee in itself and on top of that the fact that we know nothing about the guy the mystery that surrounds him because of human nature and the need to know i think that is also a market employee as well because it's just the i I know nothing about him i know that i obviously do but what i'm saying is when you compare it to someone like slash brian may steve vai all these top 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 icons of the music industry you know stuff about them but with Buckethead I couldn't tell you what he's doing right now in fact on his Instagram it's just intermittent short clips of him playing clips of Sean Lane 
clips of this guy, clips of this, a picture of this. There's nothing really. It's, you would you would come across it if you didn't know who Buckethead was and you'd go, oh, it's just a guy who likes music and you wouldn't think about it. Um, also, something else I love. Do you know how to get verified on Instagram, Marv, the little blue tick? I don't know. I don't. So what you have to do is you have to take a photo of, uh, it might have changed recently, but you take a photo of some ID, you send it off to Instagram, and they compare it with uh, photos of you, I think, or you might have to take a photo of you as well, and they'll compare it just to make sure you are who you say you are. Buckethead doesn't have a blue tick. Of course he doesn't. (laughs) It's like the final little thing that he's got on us. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. Now, so, yeah, I urge you go and check out this musician. Uh, I really feel like I haven't talked a lot about his music, but I know I have. You have. Um, You have. Yeah. I urge you go and check out this musician because he is phenomenal for a start. Um. And he's, he's just, it's like he's a mythical creature. We can only read about him in places. Um, very, very cool. Very cool. Very uh, unique style. Very cool songwriting style. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm babbling now because I, I don't really have anything else to say. I just think, <laughs> he's, I just think he, he must be a super, super cool guy that many people have walked past in the street and just have no idea. I think that's really refreshing though. You know, yeah, it just means that his guitar is the thing that's famous. His music is, is the thing that's popular. Um, yeah. And he can just live a normal life. And if he doesn't want to be famous, you know, some people don't want to be famous, but they kind of get put into that kind of box and put into that limelight, even if yeah. they kind of rub up against it and don't really want to be even just by proxy of being well-known, of people knowing who you yeah. are, that's being famous. But he's taking it, I would say, the maybe the only way that I could think of taking it is not even revealing your identity. Yeah. Like, in terms of your face, in terms of what you actually look like now. And he's, he's made that decision, and that's great, you know? And Very cool. Yeah, it might be overwhelming for his discography, definitely. But maybe the purpose of it is is like look everything's here you can dip in you can dip out it's fine it's almost like it exists with you along your life yeah 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 i think that's a really cool way of looking at it marv there you go mess so i'm gonna get into some honorable mentions for mine so johnny cash we've talked about him before in posthumous oh, yeah. albums He's released 164 albums spanning 1957 to 2020 with over a hundred of them being compilations, which I think is probably a, a matched feat there, hundred compilations. Insane. Um, there's a Japanese noise artist called Merzbow, M-E-R-Z-B-O-W. Oh, yeah. Since 1980, he's released 418 albums. Good so, grief. Yeah, there you go, but whatever your opinions are on noise music, where, you know, you just kind of, you could go, oh, you just switch a machine on and, feed it back and then put that on for 20 minutes. Yep. That's what that's Sade. Um, and then Nana Muscuri, who is the world's biggest selling female artist. She's made 450 albums. She's recorded, also recorded 15 different languages and she's been active from 1960 to 2018. 
That is one mean feat. But even all of those together does not even touch the person that I'm going to be doing today. So I have to actually thank our patron and very, very, very good friend, Jack Sharp, for even sending me the Traplore Ross video on this guy because I'd never heard of him. And I think after a month or even a month and a half of me not watching the video, and he went, if you watch this video, and I, and I was like, I'm going to do it. Mine was blown. I'm going to do the artist Viper. Now, Viper is a rapper. He makes kind of cloud rap, southern rap, you know, maybe some R&B styling in there as well, but basically a rapper. Um, his production is almost like anti-production at times. The bass usually is the thing you notice. It's mixed so high that you could probably think that there's a you know an airplane going past or something. It's that loud. Um, at one point, I was listening out of my iPad speakers, and they started distorting. It sounded that bad. Jesus, I was like, I was like worried. It's like when you put something in the microwave and you like soup, and it starts like popping. You're like, do I stop? Do I keep going? Like, is this what it's meant to say on the packet? <laughs> um, and then he has also has like loose double tracking of his vocals sometimes that just obscures all his lyrics. But um, he has made between 1997 and 2020 the estimate because this is how many he's made. It has to be estimated. Uh, between 1,042 to 1,500 albums. That is not a typo. That is not something I've got wrong. I've not added a note onto that. This guy has potentially made 1,500 albums in 23 years. Merit? Which, which one's the best one? I think the best one universally is y'all cowards ain't even smoked crack if that's what it's called or y'all cowards never even smoked crack which is also his best song that is by far and away his best song it is a pumper um, it's a pump and we'll get to that so yes he's a it's very 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 it's just a weird unique world you know um he played organ in his dad's church at about eight years old and then he took piano more seriously about 13 and he kind of started off as like an r&b style singer um but then he went into rap he found success in the early 2000s he was kind of part of i think he was like not part of a group he was kind of part of a collective um and he, he'd gig and do all these things you know as we all like to do musicians and things um but yeah it's like the internet was was made for Viper. He's, yeah. he's very, very connected. Um, yeah. He knows his market. He knows his audience. Um, and it's just so... Oh, I just, it's just amazing. We'll get into all these things. But, I mean, can you even be, can it even be comprehended? Can you even... If I was to tell you that and I had no information, would you believe me for a start off? No. In fact, that number... Between a thousand and forty-two to a thousand and a half, one thousand five hundred. Good England, Mez. There we go. <laughs> that is, um, how do I put this? I, I've always thought, wouldn't it be cool if we got to the end of our lives, when we die, we get like a little tote up of like things we've done, number of 
liters of water drank. Number of, and I could get crude with this, but I'm not going to. We're a family show. Number of weather spoons consumed. Oh. <laughs> number, number of this, number of that. Now, when it gets the number of albums listened to, I would assume my number would be around the 1,000, 1,500 mark. This dude is off the chain. And you know what? If I knew him in real life, pure respect. Pure respect. Because even if, as I already know it's not, but even if every single one of his albums was just pure crap, just nothing, he has had the dedication in how long? 23 years? 23 years, I would say. In 23 years... To 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 release that many, um, that effort is astounding. Yeah, it's it's regardless of what the music is, that just the to have the time of day and dedication to even just do that. Literally. Like you said, like I don't even know the guy, even not knowing the guy, even not knowing the person or anything. That is just that's madness. It's just unfathomable. You just think there's no one else that could do that apart from Viper. So what's even more insane, 2014, um, he released 347 albums in 2014. So nearly as much as Buckethead in his whole discography. Um, that's a, that's like a fifth of his entire discography done in 365 days. That's almost an album a day. Now, he did do an interview. He claims that he can produce a full song, so writing the music, recording it, rapping the words, and then mixing it, because however uh-huh. you feel like he's going to say mixing it, yes. uh, in around an hour, and he says he claims to be able to hour. make in an hour, and he claims to be able to make 10 songs in a day. His definition of an album is 15 songs, so a day and a half would equal one album, so... Do the maths there, my friend. That's how he, that's how he can, says he's going to do it. Uh, he said he wrote a lot of material in prison. Uh, the, the number that he claims is 2,000 songs. This has been disputed. Um, I don't know how, how integral and how much it has been, but he says 2,000 songs. I'm just going to believe him. I'm going to believe him. Um, so, yeah, his biggest song, definitely... Y'all cowards don't even smoke crack. No question on that. Um, he did an interview and he says, you know, it still has value and it has a message to him in life, which is whatever you're afraid in life, whatever you're afraid of in life, take it by the horns. You know, so crack seems to extend into like a metaphor for any struggle you have in life. You know, you're, you're struggling at work, Merit. Your cowards don't even smoke crack. I think I'm going to, you know, I think I'm just going to fail on my exams. You know what? Your cowards don't even smoke crack. He's a visionary. We should employ this. How do you mean? Anytime either one of us is afraid of doing something, the other just needs to look at him and go, your cowards don't even smoke crack. And that's all the energy we need. Get in, get it done, get home, have a cup of tea. Love that, love that. Not crack, don't. Please don't, 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 no, don't ever, ever do crack. No, if if, if if you want if you want teeth, 
mm-hmm. in 10 years, uh, don't do crack. In fact, if you want to be a human being in 10 years, don't do crack. <clears throat> uh, public public talk, service announcement there. By James talk, to, talk to Frank or either one of us. Send us a message. In fact, this is a good time to mention the 50 Ways podcast. We do have a Patreon. We do have an Instagram. We do have a Facebook. That is 50 Ways Podcast. Um, if you type us in on Patreon, you'll find us. I'm not going to do what Marv does, where he reads out the little link like a little nerd. <laughs> um, we we also I know, do. Have... I know what the naughty version of that is. So well done. Oh, you do. Oh, you do. <laughs> um, we also do have separate Instagram accounts with our music featured. Uh, my music is not yet featured, but it will be. Do follow us. Mine is James underscore Merit underscore Guitar. Um, you will find lots of videos of good stuff. Me playing lots of different things. And we also have Afraloon, which is A-F-R-A-L-U-N-E. That features uh, links to this man's Spotify. I urge you to go and check out his music. It is wonderful. Um, and if you want some more of this good stuff, come and check us out on Patreon, baby. Spotify we're on, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Podbean, all the, all the good stuff, you know. But yeah, don't do crack. Talk to Frank. Um, but... It's it's interesting actually. I listened um to this tune. And in fact I listened to the second one in the playlist you sent me, which samples Golden Brown by the Stranglers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I am bereft, Marv. I am bereft. And what I mean by that is I read the titles and my ribs flew out of my chest. <laughs> Uh, I just it it's hilarity it really is however he is calling people out and calling them cowards for not doing crack so Mr. Viper please do not hurt me I am but a pasty little white boy and I can never measure up to your greatness I will not call you a silly goose because you are not one I am a coward because I don't do crack he is Sorry. exempt. He is exempt from the silly goose carry. He's the first person. He's, He's exempt. Gonna, you'll you'll invite him down. There'll be a pleasant yeah. conversation. Yeah. I can't offer him any crack though. I'm sorry, Mister Viper. I, I've got connections, but if I start ringing around for crack, I think people are going to start asking questions. That is very very um, true. That's very true. Yeah. So bring your own crack. We'll meet somewhere nice. Maybe, maybe a park. Maybe a Weatherspoons. Maybe. Um, but you are not a silly goose, sir, and everybody should be like you, minus the crack. I'm only thinking <laughs> of them, and you. Anyway. Meslar, go on the boy, a promo and a little quip. He's there, he's there. You, gotta you've just got to go, you've got to go full speed with these things, you know what I mean? There you go. So, we, we've heard about how prolific Viper can be, and is. We've we've heard the number of albums, 1,500, allegedly. And someone has even taken the time to do an Excel spreadsheet of all of the names of his albums and all of his singles, which I will link below for our Patreons. Um, So so that's a Patreon exclusive, I'm going to say. Patreon exclusive. Never, never remember it. I'm just always double-guessing myself with the name Patreon Patrons. Marv. Yeah. Your cowards don't even smoke crack. Ah, he's got me there. So... Anyways, 
basically Viper's music is is basically rap. Uh, I would call it like even like internet rap. Basically southern rap stylings there. Um, a lot of trap beats, but he does have like you know sped up dance style kind of songs ones that like reversed around you got vapor wave you got doom a viper you know he does everything he he knows he's even got him rapping over the song come feel the noise by quiet riot and that is exactly how it is he's put on quiet riot come feel the noise and then he raps over it he does what he wants it's great so yes um, he used the money from uh, Y'all Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack because it was quite popular. It blew up on the internet. And he put that into real estate courses because our man Viper, he's got a real estate business. He's a real estate business owner. But it's a bit questionable because he also offers um, like a moving service with it. And there's very, very negative reviews and people are a bit like, this is a scam. I don't know what's going on here. But Viper, Viper is what Viper is, so... Um, you know, again, you hear his interviews and you, you we'll, we're going to get to the, the best segment ever in a bit, that I can't wait for, but he seems very serious with his music, you know, different keyboards bring out different emotions. So he starts with the music first and the lyrics usually stays in a minor key. You know, he likes using rolling keyboards, core keyboards, um, you know. He says his outrageous output is just plain old hard work. You know, it gives him a platform. The reason why he's wanting to make all of these albums and put all this stuff out. So he has a platform to become a household name. He wants to become a household name. Whether he will, it's not up to me. It's up to Viper. But you could argue that maybe releasing 1,500 albums, maybe you would have become a household name by now. You know, like I feel like that might be an easier way of doing that. And that's that's where you could get to, you know, this whole quality versus quantity debate. Maybe just pick the best 10, best 12 out of the... I mean, let's even just go for it now, Mez. So let's just assume... Let's assume um, 15 songs on an album. 1,500, right? That's 22,500 songs. We're going to assume that as the reality here. Um, maybe just pick the best 10 from that. You know, you could easily pick the best. Let's say you put 12 on an album and you do 10 albums and you can just bank all of those because you've already written them. Release them every three years for 30 years. Bang. Easy. Surely that's the best way to do it. But thing is, Viper's in a league of his own. No one else has made this much music and he's famous because of that. He's known because of that. People go to him because of that. But where do you start? Where do you start? There is just yeah, no it's way. It's to the extreme. It's to there the is... extreme. Yeah. The, uh, I, I thought of a way of reaching Nirvana as in the higher state of human consciousness. What's that? I want to see all 22,000 of these songs played at the same time. Someone get on the YouTube video. Someone do it. Someone break the internet, I, th I, I think it needs to happen. I do it, but I don't think my laptop can handle that much music at once. I actually think it would just give up. I, 
maybe that's what it is. Maybe he, his big plan is like, right, you play all of them at once, and it's like this one big overarching song that tells us the meaning of life. Because Viper knows the meaning of life. Viper maybe. knows. Viper yeah, knows. of course he does. So a bit, bit more background, we'll, we'll get get straight into it. So, yes, he's claimed that he can write write a song in an hour, mix it, get it all done, 10 songs in a day. Classifies 15 songs as an album. Um, he says he's got an unlimited amount of product, you know, and uses, uses other producers' music too, which adds to his prolific nature. He He's there, he's ready all the time, you know. Um, his later work, he claims to be a bit more chilled and relaxing sounding, um, as opposed to maybe his more like thuggish or more kind of like what you would class as 2008 kind of rap and hip hop. Um, and the weirdest thing was the harness of death that was called Thod. Now, I do not know why. I'm going to assume it's either he tried to take his own life or it was to lose weight, maybe both. But he bought two very small corsets, women's corsets, put them around himself and basically was trying to crush his organs. Something like that. I have no idea. I don't know if it was the crack because I don't know if he wasn't a coward. I have no idea. But he got so ill from it, he got pneumonia and was hospitalized. Um, and he was posting on Twitter every single day with his updates on the Thod, the harness of death. Um, but now he's not so intent on it, periodically. Might intermittently wear it, but I have no idea why he was doing this. No idea where it originated from. But kids, don't wear two very, very, very extra small women's corsets because it will probably kill you. And you need to listen to Viper. You need to listen to his messages and his words. Don't do it. Don't do it. So, yeah, like with Buckhead, where do you start? So overwhelming. It's such a massive undertaking. It's almost like he has no albums at all. You know, if I start at the beginning, I've got another ending sea of albums to kind of wade through. It's like, the you know, eating a massive, massive plate of food, like rice or something that just keeps dripping in the hole, everything you make. And it's just like I, my food's just not going down. Um, if I start at his latest offering, sure, I get a taste of his music now. I can't follow the lineage of his career. I don't know how, how this is compared to his earlier stuff. So you, you kind of need to go back anyway. And it's then how far do you go back? Um, at least with someone like Lauren Hill, he's got one studio album. She's got one unplugged album and then stuff with the Fugees. You can kind of navigate around, you know, you kind of know where you are, um, but you do get bored very quickly with the material because it's there. Um, but she changes up her songs live and as we know we went to see her we weren't it was good you know i appreciated it but i was kind of craving a bit more i was a bit unsatisfied with that gig you know um so i'm going to take a chance and assume that not a lot of people have listened to his entire discography so not much the, of a chance not much of a chance there probably are people that have i'm going to argue that oh, I'm going to argue oh that. i would absolutely guarantee there are so this is my question man. so you know if a Viper makes enough albums to end all wars, yet nobody is there to hear them, do they even exist? You know, he's putting out all this stuff, but if you physically can't listen to it, are they as much nothing as they are something? Mez, what are your thoughts here? It's kind of difficult. Um, I, I have, I, I'm going to come straight out of the park here. I've listened to Y'all Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack. What a banger. However, I have absolutely no desire 
to jump into that. I almost said rabbit hole, but it's no longer a rabbit hole, is it? It's a new universe at this point. Um, you remember last week, Marv, when we were like, Nickelback got boring, didn't it, really quick? I can't even begin to fathom. Like, not that I'm saying his music's boring. I've not listened to it properly. But as we've said, you have steak every single night of the week, 1,500 days in a row. You're going to get pretty sick of steak. Um, the world we now live in is, is, is full of variety. You're bored of that? Go and do this. You're bored of playing your Xbox? Go and watch Netflix. You're bored of Netflix? Go to YouTube. You're bored of YouTube? Go on Instagram. It is. We live in a very, very um, fast, gratifying world now. If I want McDonald's, but I do not want to leave this house, in 20 minutes, McDonald's can be at my door. If I want even this this is something else now. If I if I ran out of cigarettes but I don't want to leave the house, I can order cigarettes now and they will come to me. There is so much in terms of comfort that is available to us now, including music. That if you get bored of something, I was doing it the other day, flicking through my playlists like click on that song. You hear a bit of it and you go, Yeah, I love this. Not what I want. Skip. Love this, not what I want. Skip. Love this, not... And you do it over and over again. Sometimes you're just in that mood, aren't you? So, if your task was to listen to 1,500 albums from the same artist, good luck, kid. Um, I, um, I'm going to just say straight out of the park, I'll listen to his greatest hits. Um... But unfortunately, I am not going to. Um, I'm not going to get that in depth with it because that's a lot of content, and not just a lot of content, as you say. It is wading through a sea at this point. It is like the task of swimming in every single ocean at once, one after the other. There's so much to cover, so much. And then, what about extended releases? What about um, exclusive to country extra tracks? What about live albums? What about collaboration albums? What about, I mean, he's such a prolific producer. Um, What about albums he's produced? You know, are you really going to jump in with this guy? Are you really going to do it? Uh, If you are, I feel like you've got to go the whole hog. But unfortunately, there's not enough time in the day. And life is too short. Um, so I will continue listening to Y'all Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack. And the Viper Super fans, uh, which I'm actually beginning to think are the best fans in the world. Because if anyone has gone 1,500 albums, get the vinyl player. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to consistently quote you on my deathbed. Because... No one can fathom the effort you put into things. No one. You are better than everyone. Just give up now because you've done it. You've won. That's it. Game over. Um, yeah, it, that's insane. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. 
Now, we've been talking about not the scientific factor of music as such, but we've spoken about how music is basically organized vibration. This dude has 1,500 offers of 15 tracks of organized vibration. And I've got to commend him. That's, it's not even impressive anymore. It's godlike. That is the next level. And he's won. He's just won. That's it. No one can do any better. I am going to quit the podcast because we have found El Capitano. There we go. See, you've got to dedicate your life to listen to all of his records. Can't do it. Not enough time. I'd have to start no. as a baby. No. Um, yeah, it's, it's certainly impressive. There's no debate on that. Like, it takes oh, some yeah. serious education, like we've said. And he's doing all the musical side of it by himself, you know, unless he's getting producers in for certain tracks. But, you know, that's mad. But if the sheer fact is that, like, the volume of work is you you will not be able to get to it without a serious amount of, like, sacrifice and dedication for the listener to be able to listen to it, it might as well not exist. This is, this is what I mean. He might as yeah, well just go, yeah. it's not put this out there. I view it more like... It's your, it's like a 24 hour live camera feed on like a reality show or someone in someone's house. This kind of like how the discography is. Yes. He's putting so much, you know, and his music means a lot to him. He's putting so much into it and making so much at certain times that you can kind of go, I wonder what he was like at 32. I wonder what it was like at uh, 40. And you just go into those years and you listen around and you go, oh, it's kind of the same, or, oh, that's a bit different, or, I wonder if it's like at 48. Okay, that's a bit strange, that's a bit weird. And he keeps up with current trends, you know, he's saying that he wants to, he listens to newer artists, and he wants to emulate those kind of beats and those sounds, and he's current, you know, like the, uh, let's have a look at one of the classic songs that he's put out maybe fairly recently. If I can look through me notes, uh, he's got a one called I'm a TikTok Stupid Ho Ego. So, you know, he keeps up. He knows what he's doing. Nightcore in the club. That's a classic. Um, so, yeah, it's not like he's... This is the thing. It's not like he's frozen in time or stuck in an era or period. But by sheer fact of him being, being around all the time with so much output, it does freeze him for all of time. It's a weird kind of paradox, like a juxtaposition. Um but I would argue that it kind of makes them irrelevant in the same way that some, you know, makes some albums in the nineties, then stops. I would say that in a way it makes them irrelevant to the whole music scene in general, because he's just singled himself out. And I don't know, there's nothing to really compare him to in terms of musical output. No one's doing that. So it's kind of a blessing and a curse, but it's just so over the top that oh, it's born for the internet. It's born for the internet, but um, it also creates like a huge oversaturation of his sound. I think this is the, this would be a good case for both Buckethead and for Viper, um, that it oversaturates your sound. If you have to listen to all of those records, you know, how much, how much more guitar playing do you want to hear? How much more of like, okay, as, as versatile as Buckethead is in his music Surely, like we found out with Nickelback, only have maybe four or five or six different tropes to them. You know, it's not unlimited. There's got to be certain things in Buckethead's discography that's like, this is his slow one. This is his jazzy one. This is his shred one. 
So even with that, you kind of think, okay, well, you get to album 19, you're like, okay, he's got this, he's got this, he's got this. Oh, he's done a whole album of this. Okay, I've heard that before. I mean, extrapolate that almost five times as much of Viper. And the, the small smattering I gave you, you know, there wasn't much diversity. That's the thing. He's, he, he's not that diverse. So I just think it oversaturates you, your image and your message, which just can chills into one. And all that you want to do for me is just cherry pick his discography. I'm just going to cherry pick. I'm never going to go in and listen to a full album. I think y'all cowards don't even smoke crack. That's all I'll do. Because if that one apparently is the best one, I'm only going to want to listen to the best one. That's you know? good enough for me. Yeah. Exactly, kid. Um, but a weird thing, like when you dip into Viper's world, what happens to your perception of his production the more you listen to his music is interesting. So, you know, across the board, it's very amateurish. The mastering seems like a dream at this point, you know. Mixing, it doesn't even sound like he's mixed it. He's just chucked it on there and whatever's fine. Whatever level was on each instrument at that point, okay, chuck it on. You know, not all of his songs. Some of the songs are mixed well, like the Ego one, like it sounds fine. It's, it's, it's all right. It doesn't hurt your ears or anything. But some of the bass on some of the songs is just overwhelming to the point of it's almost like self-sabotage. But because you're stepping into his world, your ears start to kind of cancel out this kind of facet of his music. You start focusing on trying to understand his lyrics or watching his like green screen videos that his fans make for him, which is another great thing, you know, that connect to his fans and people actually invest. I think that's amazing. Um, you get a catchy hook or two. You get a beat that might stuck in your get stuck in your head. You know, you hum that on the way to buy crack. I mean, buy stamps to to buy crack. Is that is that how you buy crack, Mez? Stamps. I, I I thought you sent away for it with like cracked magazine. You know. Ah. Oh. Okay. We'll have to figure that out. We'll, we'll ask somebody. We'll ask yeah, somebody. we'll we'll do some research on that. So it kind of proves that like the quality of. Um, your music in a way is irrelevant as long as you make it around, you know, your brand or whatnot, you know, these aren't, I, I could, I would never put out anything with this production quality. I'd be like, absolutely no. not get it recalled now, but it's part of Viper sound. You realize this is like the thing you really want to hear. So you hear that on feature spots. Like I, like I can't, I can't imagine Viper's music, him going to a professional studio getting all the best mics, best engineers, and then getting this clean, polished product, it would sound awful. I just don't think it would sound good. Um, there's a song called Cosby Remix by Young Garfield, and it has Viper on like the hooks. It's got like a jazzy piano kind of beat um, with suitably mixed sub-bass. But what's weird are, or what's weird is, Viper's the first voice we hear, and he's doing his low, growling kind of delivery. Um, and it seems out of place. It's almost like you need that really loud, over, overbearing bass to kind of hug round his vocal and take away the fact that he's got such a low bassy sound to his voice. They just complement each other so well. Um, I never noticed that until I heard him on a feature. Um, you know, you suddenly understand that Viper sounds best on Viper beats, mixed by Viper and released by Viper for Viper and only for Viper. Is that a new album title? Well, we're about to play the first game because that is that is a very feasible title for Try Not To Laugh, James Merritt, Viper Album Edition. So, oh no. I have, I have picked my favourites 
from the Viper album discography. I'm going to read them to you and I want to make sure I'm going to see if you laugh at any of them. Now I'm hoping that you will, um, but please try not to laugh. So here we go. 24 carat poon three. Oh, that's a good stuff, isn't it? I'm going to, yeah, he's passed on that one. I think an easy one here. All of the ladies, all of the time, five. I like That's the fact. Good. I like the fact there's a fifth series. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Aquatic Hose Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's cracked him. That is cracked him. Aquatic Hose Three. Oh, it, it sounds like an awful B movie. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> Bitches be tripping, but I ain't even stuck my leg out. That's good. I like that. That's I ain't good. even done nothing, and they're already tripping. Dethroning reptilian psyops in my sleep. What? No idea. No idea. No idea. Good grief. Oh, there's loads more. We're going to go for it. Patrons, okay. you're gonna, patrons are going to love this. We might add out some of these for the other people, but hey. <laughs> uh, dethroning. We've done that one. Forestry, Maja, Imma, keep your little beat safe, too. I'm just confused by that more so than anything yep. else. Not the best. If cops are bacon, then I'm a four-star chef. <laughs> That's fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> this one's one of my top five favorites here. I got a thousand bitches, and that's just today. <laughs> what a brag. What a brag. No other rapper has ever put that. I love this guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not, no, no beating around the bush. He's just woof. There you go, kid. You realize you dumb. Three. <laughs> nice. There you go. Tig old bitties two. <laughs> I have officially killed Merritt. Oh. <laughs> He's clever. He's clever with his album titles. Tig old biddies. <laughs> you are going to be using that forever now, aren't you? Here we go. My gun is set to auto smegmatic. <laughs> Fucking hell. And I've done a swear. Oh, no. Auto smegmatic. <laughs> this man's a genius. Why is this is what doing, I mean. Why is he not doing stand-up comedy? I, I should do. He probably does. He probably has oh, some sort man. of shady side business with that. But what was what was the first one I died at? Oh, um, if cops are bacon, I'm a four-star chef. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Honestly, and that's just that's just my selection of them. Bear, yeah. bear in mind, there's one thousand five hundred of them. So you know that's. Um, if you want to have Smeg 24 carat poon too, you know, that's out there, you know, 24 carat poon too. all of the ladies all of the time three, you know, that's out there. But yeah, so, you know, even his cover art as well is, is funny. It's like oh, clip man. art, you know, it's usually yeah. it's the same photo of him with like yeah. a weirdly drawn hat or something, but for all of this, yeah, it's unbelievable. But for all of his hilarious album titles and covers, he has albums called the moon is my son. He just looked like me too, which <laughs> 
sounds funny, right? And the, the album art's yeah. hilarious, yeah. but like that's his way of paying homage to like the celestial beings of the universe. And like in the interview that he's given, like he's full straight face. He's that is that is very serious. serious. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, I I don't know where you start, but I would just say that go with his music videos. Go on to his YouTube channel, Viper Rapper. Just type that into YouTube um, because you get to see the man in action for of green screens that fans make. You know, you get clips of South Park, animated basketballs and airplanes, Minecraft, anime. If you dream it, you can make it a reality. You know, he's posted yeah. up, I think, about over 30, maybe 36 videos only of it, of saying, like, um, create your own Viper video. So it's just it's just the green screen footage and him rapping along to one song. And then you take that, you edit it yourself to make a new Viper video send it to him and he'll put it out to one of his new songs. I think that's pretty good fan engagement. We need to do this. We do. We will. 50 ways podcast on a Viper video. All, all I'm saying is we'll take one of the clips of us talking, put it there. Yeah. He might make a diss track of us. We might. We I'm might up famous, for that. Baby. I'm, I'm up for that. As long as I can be on the next, if cops are bacon, I'm a four star <laughs> <laughs> I'm a four-star chef too. <laughs> he might have even made like six of them. Who knows? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. He's obviously. Do you know what the thing is? He probably just talks like that. That's just his day-to-day -day lingo. But to me, a little white boy from UK suburbs, it's just ruined me. It's unthinkable. That's so good. Yeah. So good. And I've got to get my hands on this album. For so the again, name alone. I think that also helps. I think that's maybe a part of where you would start. Maybe you'd read all the albums that he had and the ones that sound funny to you, you go, I'll, I'll, I'll choose that one. I'll listen to that one. And you know, that just hooks you in. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it's just, it's interesting, but we do get some Viper original videos, like the classic, I sell a one cocaine, which has some aerial shots of a city mixed in with him cooking and displaying his finished cocaine. Nice. Um, there is there is uh um what you call it, stories of him buying women off of craigslist or um hiring that's the one not buying he's not buying any women hiring women off of craigslist for their services laying down the bikini shaking their derrieres viper does it viper's got the money viper's got the clout he'll tell you this and he's got the best cocaine he sell the best coke holler when you want some that is what he's telling you to do um, and you know what? I'm not going to, but I am going to play another game of Try Not to Laugh Viper Singles Edition. Oh, no. So, James, so James Merritt, you thought you got off. Here we go. These are oh, mostly, Lord. these are all from his YouTube uh, page. So I'm pretty sure there were on other albums, but here we go then. I failed No Nut November on the first day. <laughs> What a legend. I got you on the first one. What a legend. He's, he's going up in your books, isn't he? So, so he even, is, though the, yeah. even though the music you've heard, and you're like, it's not really for me. I you know, I'm only going to hear Yal Coward smoke crack. Do you not want to listen to I Failed No Nut November on the first day now? Do you know what I want? I want him to live around the corner. <laughs> I want to have a point with this, man. Yeah, we. He, he sounds like a laugh a minute. Well, 
What about this one? Fuck the rules. I'm driving on Rainbow Road in reverse. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Y'all doing well with self-isolation? I bought all the toilet paper. <laughs> These are tracks. Imagine this. Now in, now in number 12 position is, you're doing well with self-isolation. I bought all the toilet paper by Viper. <laughs> Next yeah, one. When I said I did the Wuhan coronavirus outbreak, I didn't think it come to this. <laughs> he's Political. just making statements. That's all he's doing. <laughs> but that's his whole, that's his whole that's his albums. Yeah. That's his thing. You are buying into his life. Side note, is this, like, do the titles reflect the actual track? So is he going to rap about, like, the statement he's made with the title of the track? I think some of the time, yes. Most of the time, absolutely not. I think it is all <laughs> clickbaity yeah. just to get you to click on it. And Legend. why not? Because everyone does that. Everyone yeah, he's, does that. He's, he's won. Got enough money to buy the moon. Then I went to the moon to destroy the moon. <laughs> What's he on about? What is he not on about? Yeah, let's be mean. honest. Uh, my two favorites here. I'm trying to celebrate my birthday on the bus, but there's a crackhead ruining it. <laughs> Right, so you could look at that metaphorically, because he himself has called everyone a coward because they don't smoke crack, which implies that he himself smokes crack. He is trying to celebrate his birthday on a bus, but a crackhead is ruining it. Is he the crackhead ruining his own birthday party? Listen to the song and find out, my friend. I'm going to have to. Um, and my favourite, playing football with my camels. Nice. Just, I just like that because... He has camels. camels, apparently, yeah. That Does he actually... Sense, so. is, is that a fact? He has camels? Uh, as far as I'm aware, uh, Viper does not own any camels, but I don't put it past him. He probably has the money. He would tell you he has the money to buy camels. Could you not have lied? Could I not have lied, or could he not have lied? No, could you not have lied and just gone, yeah, he's got camels? No, that's, that's not, it's not the mission statement, really. Is I don't want to... Don't want to lie to the fans. Don't want to lie to the people. I I wouldn't have looked it up. You you would have been quite safe. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But it's it's too late now. You've ruined it. Maybe no. I'm Viper. Maybe no. all the song titles I made up myself, and they oh. don't exist. And he's got boring ones like Home <laughs> or This Chandelier or something. You know. This Chandelier. Uh, that's mine. Don't take that. I'm using that one. Oh, are you? Nah, that's boring. No, I didn't Not so after much. this. Any. Any song title is boring now compared to this. Nothing's oh, yeah. going to match that. Nothing's going to no. match that. So the final question still remains here. Does Viper's massive unrivaled output result in him releasing bad music? Because this is our kind of question that we always kind of want to have at the end here. And that's why we do it. It's almost impossible to say. Yes. As we learned from last week's Nickelback episode, uh, delving into a whole artist's whole discography is the best, most efficient way of going right. I've listened to everything that's just to offer. I now have no discrepancies in my mind. I can go right. I do not like this. I do not like that. That part I liked. That part I like. My decision is I'm not going to listen to any more Nickelback. Um, but this song is good. This song is good. Oh, they do this. I didn't realize that. Now, you can't do that with Viper because, you know... Where do you start? How long does it take you? 
let's just assume you listen to 100 Viper songs. That's one more than Nickelback's whole discography, by the way. <laughs> um, and again, like I said, you step into reality that 15 songs is an album. So 22,500 songs in his whole discography. 100 songs is not even 1% of his catalogue. 1% of his catalogue is 225. So until you've listened to 225 songs of Viper, maybe you could start from there. But that's 1%. You know what I'm saying? I'm speechless. <laughs> Whereas nine Nickelback songs, or 9.9, is 10%. That's 10% of their discography. Yep, which is like nearly a full album. So I think the matter of his music isn't even the focal point here. I think as long as he continues to release music in large quantities that still takes center stage for his USP, his unique selling point, and the thing that he's known for, the legend of Viper and his output is more important than whatever quality and genre his songs are in. His thing, his niche, the reason why he is who he is is because of the sheer output of music that he's putting out, um, which allows him to do silly album titles, silly song names, and do any anything he wants to do musically, you know, um, which I guess is a good freedom. You know, he says he's made money from Yal Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack. He must have made, he's definitely making money from other releases that fund into his businesses. Like, you know, that's what we want, sustainability. Yeah. Um, but with Viper, I think you jump you jump on at certain points, like a, like a train, you know, classic thing in the American movies where they jump on the back of a train, you know, and you jump off. You explore what's around there. You know, you kind of take your head back out of the vortex. You go into another one. Um, but I found some bangers within his catalogue. So, yo, cowards don't even smoke crack. Nice piano playing, pounding trap drums, touch of auto-tune, you know, culminating a kind of underground classic. As one comment mentions, this ain't legendary, this is straight up mythical. And I'm like, yeah, you know On it, that you know level, it. yeah. You want to see me dead because of my hops? Despite the bass distorting my veins and bone cartilage, it has a catchy synth horn riff, vocal hook, with the iconic line, and I'm always dry, because real ballers never sweat. Oh, such a banger, honestly. That That's is a good. banger. Yeah, that yeah. Banger. The aforementioned, fuck the rules, I'm driving on Rainbow Road in reverse, which is some sort of a remix of the previous song. I think a lot of this as well, to, to get into his catalogue, um, he does put... He does a lot of remix albums, I think, chopped and screwed ones, things in reverse. So this song here is just, um, you want to see me dead because of my hops, the lyrics of that, just put onto this one here. He's just rapping it again and kind of like a voice note kind of sound to it. And his, his voice is higher. So it's actually quite refreshing. The backwards beat's quite hypnotic as well. I'd say it's, it's a banger. A ball or die. It's got an R&B flavor. It's got a catchy chorus hook. A ball or die to keep it fly. Oh, it's so good. You could do it all day. Uh, my personal favorite is definitely Selling Vintage Crack to Your Mama, uh, which is an instrument that go on brown, like you said. I don't. I, I feel like it's one of those, like, download off of YouTube MP3 ones, not the actual, the official backing track. Yeah, the quality <laughs> is a little bit sparse, isn't it? And he's layered over it a vocoded viper uh, using the Yol Cowers Don't Even Smoke Crack hook. 
So imagine the melody of Golden Brown, but it's actually Yell Cowards Don't Smoke Crack. So funny, so good. And Mark Birch, my good old friend, we've just wet ourselves laughing at this. And just every time we see each other, Yell Cowards Don't Even Smoke Crack. Oh, it's so good. And it, the thing is, it warrants repeated listens. It warrants repeated listens, which if you were to, if you were unfortunate or lucky enough to go and listen to every single Viper album, I think you don't listen to them once. Yeah, something tells me you're not going to dive back in after 1,500 albums. No, I don't think that's going to be the case. I maybe argued with, uh, oh, I'm Chickenhead then, we're not too far off, Buckethead. I think you maybe listen to each album once. You never listen to all of them twice. Would you agree? You don't need to, do you, really? There you go. There you There's go. bound to be some crazy people out there who have done both of those things. But, um, yeah, I, I don't... Mm. It's, not, <laughs> it's not on my to-do list, I'll be honest. There you go. So, as of writing and recording this episode, Viper, he's released a new music video, Mez. He's prolific, man. I'm telling you. It's for his new song. It's called I've Been Stuck in a Wormhole for the Whole Month of May, but I'm back. So, thoughts on that? Good? Love it. Absolutely love it. It's like a suave instrumental over, like, which Viper tells us that he's wealthy. You can find him in the VIP area of the club. The money can't stop and the women are calling him. He's back, baby. He's got a brand. He knows what he's doing. Viper, Buckethead, I mean, what more can you say? Just Not much. Uh, not much. I respect so much the output. I really wish that I could have the dedication and commitment, and I strive for that, to even get close to that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. And I'm glad Viper made you laugh. That's all that's oh, all about. Man, best. he so, did. <laughs> good old Viper, right? Um, it's going to make me bop later. You know it, because of your hops. So yeah, that was the uh, that's the podcast. Love that. There Love it is. Love that from you. Uh, next week we're gonna do non-musician albums. So this can include actors, TV presenters, wrestlers. You you name it. Anyone who's not a musician by trade who's hopped in and gone, you know, yeah, I'll give that a stab. Already know who I'm doing. Lovely. I have I have a couple of people I'm thinking about doing. Um, now our good patron, Jack Sharp, who helped me find Viper, he gave me a good message today and he was like, oh, maybe at the end of the podcast, if you two, when you say the episode you're going to do next, say who you're doing, say the album that you're going to look at. And I said, amazing idea. Great. I've always wanted to do that. But the problem is sometimes you don't even know. We don't know what we're going to do because we might, well, I might have an idea of like, okay, I might do Randy, Macho Man Randy Savage's album, you know, because that is a thing, Mez. There is an album out there, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh boy, um, there is. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I could do that one. Sit down and research it. I might find something else where I go, oh, that's the one. But I've already announced it. Oh no. You know, part of me thinks about that. Part of me is also the fact that I do all my prepping the day before the podcast, you know, because that's the only free time I've got. Um, but we'll get better at that again. We'll, we'll, we'll better on social media. Maybe we'll try and build up a kind of thing of that. Cause you said, you know, it's almost like you like a watch along. You can listen to the album beforehand, then get stuck in. So Jack Sharp, love your comments, love your ideas. Keep them coming. But yes, 
you can either reveal to us now if you want to, Mez, who you're going to do, or not. Oh, I could, couldn't I? I could. Should I? I'm going to do Eddie Murphy. Nice. That's who nice. I'm doing. Uh, I don't know a whole lot of his music. I know a few tunes that are... He's got a couple of boppers. I'll give him that. Um, but yeah, so I will... Uh, we'll, we'll update you with that in a week's time. Lovely stuff, lovely On stuff. On the 50 I'm... Ways podcast. That's very true. And uh, yeah, I uh, love you all. I'd come and tuck you all in and give you a little kiss. But... Um, I'm not allowed. So. Not yet. Not yet. Soon. There you go. Don't eat hot spicy wings, kids. If you know, you know. Yeah. Mez. Out. Right. <laughs>